you're listening to Secrets of Data Analytics Leaders. So for me, uh, Toughest has several components associated with it, and several of them are used on an ongoing basis when I am evaluating what's the next stage of my career. One is, is the organization has shared vision? Is there a culture for change or transformation or even getting things done? Hello, everyone. My name is Wayne Eckerson, host of the Secrets of Data Analytics podcast, which surfaces the tips, tricks, and techniques of leading practitioners in the data analytics field. Joining me today is Andrea Ballinger, Associate Vice President and Chief Technology Officer at Louisiana State University. By her own admission, Andrea is a change agent, helping organizations use data to transform themselves, both strategically and operationally, into industry leaders. As a high-energy executive, Andrea knows how to get things done. She is adept at working at both business executives uh, and technology practitioners, as well as balancing strategy and operations and growing a pipeline of technical talent. Andrea is currently a leading, uh, leading a transformation program at LSU, revamping the university's information technology resources across multiple campuses. Prior to that, she served as interim CEO and president for the University of Illinois Alumni Association and CTO of Illinois State University. And she began her data career at the University of Illinois, where she earned a reputation as being one of the foremost data warehousing experts in higher education. Uh, Welcome to the show, Andrea. Glad to be here, Wayne. So the theme of the show today is transformation and change. Uh, You've worked at several organizations where you've totally transformed the computing and data infrastructure. So let me dive in and ask, what was the toughest assignment you've ever had? That's a great question, Wayne. And, you know, as a data person, let me start by that, by us having the same definition for what that term means, toughest. So for me, uh, Toughest has several components associated with it, and several of them are used on an ongoing basis when I am evaluating what's the next stage of my career. One is, is the organization has shared vision? Is there a culture for change or transformation or even getting things done? Is there funding for the institution that is dedicated for that transformation? And finally, one of the most important, are there talented individuals and is there a knowledge base associated with that group of people that can transform the organization? So I have worked in many tough situations and in higher education, as you can imagine, uh, we have even an additional component of, of the challenges because we compete with the private sector for that talent and for that uh, funding. So I have worked in places where you had a great shared vision, you had the culture of folks that really want to get things done, and in fact, want to be the first to do something, and had the funding, but didn't have the talent or the knowledge base, and we learned. And I would say that one of my first engagements with the University of Illinois, we were in that place, where we had great talented people, but I didn't know anything about data warehousing. I didn't know anything about data analytics as a MBA. You can say that I knew how to use that, but how to build those environments. It was all new to us, but we had that, the, the culture, we had the funding, we had the shared vision of where we wanted to go. So it was tough in one way, but also extremely exciting in another. And I have also worked in places where you have a shared vision, you have funding, but the culture of the institution is not there yet. Something that I would call uh, organization readiness, for instance. Are the folks that are working day to day ready and willing to take the tough steps that need to be taken to reevaluate? What is it that we do today? 
how do we do it? Are there tools and technologies in place that can help us get there in a more efficient way? And finding people that have the, the um, I'm going to use the, the word courage, Wayne, have the courage to say, I don't know how to get there, but let's get it. Let's go together. That's tough because you have to actually help people figure it out in the very beginning. The strategies change, right? Help the people figure it out that there's something for them to be gained in this process. And then the culture starts getting, oh, more excited about changes is hard, but it's something that we expect. It's something that we can do, something that we can gain something out of it. And then I think that the, the toughest places where I have worked at are, are the places where you don't have a shared vision. The culture is not there yet ready for change. Funding is uh, hit and miss. And the knowledge base that exists are heroes that make things happen behind the scenes, but no one knows what they're doing. So long answer for to your question is I have worked in several environments and stuff is something that both excites me and sometimes frustrates me. But there are always, as long as you have two out of those four, there's always a way that you can get it done. <laughs> that, that's, that's great. I was going to say for that last scenario, is, is that a case where you just run away? <laughs> can you do something there as well? It sounds like that's a, that's, a, that's a tough slog. You can. It is a very tough slog. You can get something done, but then you have to have a, a realistic view of the timeline by which you can get it done. Because when you were talking about changing uh, individuals' perspectives of what change is, and how technology can help on the front end, not just on the back end. And that is the analytics component. And then showing people that they can gain something personally in this process, in this journey. It takes time because it literally takes you hitting the ground and going and talking to several people and bringing the people that are most, um, uh, what's the word, most resistant, let me use that word, to the change uh, along to explain why are we doing the things that we're doing. And the reality of what's going on outside of the bubble of the institution, right? Because sometimes we get so entrenched on what we do day to day that we don't pay attention, not just on what tools and technologies are available out in the marketplace. That is hard to keep up with anyway. But also we keep uh, forgetting to actually look outside to see, am I a bubble or am I competing for resources, for talent, or in my case, for students with others outside of the bubble? And the reality is in the world that we live today, yes, think about the disruption of online learning, right? The students and the, the, the teachers or the faculty don't even have to be sitting in your walls anymore. So we need to be looking outside, but the timeline is what you negotiate on. Transformation takes time, no matter what. But some, you can make it in a more efficient way, more gradual, but still making progress in a short period of time. And others, if you don't have, two out of the four components that I described, it will take longer. And what that means is that it is costly. And that means that you might lose people in between because the people that you got excited about it, they have to wait longer to see some kind of a real impact on what they do day to day, real impact on the results that you're expecting. So it is a, a um, back and forth and you're always re-strategizing. How do you keep people motivated while still going through that? So you've been in charge of the entire computing infrastructure at several universities, but you're also a data advocate. I know that from uh, uh, working with you for many, many years. Uh, you love data. You, you love data warehousing. Uh, but I think you a lot of the transformation you're talking about is uh, digital transformation as well. Uh, and I'm wondering... What is the role of data 
in the transformations that you've been uh, taking on at, at these various institutions you've worked at? Data is actually the, the shared vision for the inside of the bubble of technology. We, as technologists, sometimes lose track of what we are here for. We're here for creating the insights, and hopefully, if we're very good at what we do, insights that no one else can get to the institution so they can make the right decisions about where to go next. In the past, and when I started my career uh, 26, 28 years ago, we have time to adjust to strategies because the data was not coming fast and furious at us. Today, Wayne, we cannot afford not to have the most up-to-date information about everything that's going on inside of our institution and outside. And the value proposition that we bring as technologists in today's world is looking at the data as that's our goal. If we're not able to link all of these wonderful applications, those wonderful interactions that we uh, provide for the institution to have with its stakeholders or their students, faculty, whomever they are, if we're not able to bring all of that data in a cohesive way and then provide some kind of a method for the administrators, for the uh, workers on the front line, for the folks interacting with us to see what this all means to them so that they can act on the fly. Imagine a student, for instance. They are you know, very excited. They are, they are freshmen at the university. Uh, they think that they know what they're going to do the next four years. But as soon as they start their major, they figured out, oh, hmm, I'm not liking the prerequisite classes required for my major. We can't afford to wait for them to get to their junior year where they get deep into that knowledge to then find out, oh, this is not for me, uh, and tell their parents, you know, I know you spent two and a half, three years of, of uh, uh, tuition money, but now I want something else. We need to be able to give that information early for them. What's the impact of what they're learning? What's the learning outcomes that you're going to get from this? And if you change your mind, are there transferable skills that you're going to gain through these courses so that you can move to the next item without taking another three years to graduate? The same with everything in, inside of our organization. That powerful, invaluable information can only be gathered if we as technologists provide that architecture, that, that framework, those connections, those integrations to the institution. That's the, the, the beauty of what we do. Yes, you are correct that I care a lot about the technology. And if we don't have the proper buckets, if we don't have the right applications to interact, if we don't have the right storage capacity, if we don't have enough backup and recovery, none of this matters because then you cannot rely on the output of the data as being one of good quality, one that has integrity, one that has reliability. You can't, but you have to focus on what you want to get out of it. And that is the data. Just in case you, you have not picked up on it, I'm a little passionate about this, this topic. <laughs> no, and that I knew. Um... So even if a CEO or president came to you and said, hey, we need to digitize our university and, and do a digital transformation, you would say, we need to start with the data. Correct. And it is, I call that, you know, what is the shared vision for the institution? What do you want to get out of this? You want to digitize for what purpose? Because there's a difference between digitizing, putting something online and digitalization, which is really creating the entire process, the workflow the expectations for quality and expectations for thresholds that are live inside of systems and then are kicking out outputs, you know, dashboards or alerts so people can act immediately on it. It's a very different um, spectrum of things. Digitizing something, we as institutions have been doing this for the past 20 plus years. 
some might argue 30 years, but digitalization, creating those real powerful interactions with the data has to or can only be done if we're automating all of those business processes, integrating them and infusing on those processes our own strategies as institutions. So a class, you know, I, in order for us to teach the best of the students, we don't want a class to be bigger than act. That's infused in the system. So then when we're getting close to too many people registering there, that it's kicking out outputs to the registrars, to the uh, academic affairs, to the finance people saying, look, there are a lot of more folks here. Let's move, open more classrooms, do this, or invite students to take an alternate path that can get them there as well. That's digitalization. And I would definitely be doing that with the focus of the outcome. The outcome is a success criteria for the stakeholders, for the institution, and frankly, for all of us in technology to see that what we're working for really matters when it comes to the strategy of the institution. Let's talk about the language of business, which is money. <laughs> uh, in this day and age, almost every organization I know is modernizing their data infrastructure because uh, the technology has changed so much. And there's so much opportunity as well as risk in not modernizing. But this does not come cheap despite open source and uh, downward pricing pressure. Uh, the software that you need, just the software alone, there's, there's many different components. How do you present this to you know, the executive committee um, to get funding, which oftentimes could be millions of dollars? That's an excellent question. It really um, depends on the institution and the experience that the institutions have had. So let me give you a couple examples of my past. Um, where one institution was um, recognized that it needed to modernize, recognized that it was not digitized, but alone, digit completely digitalized, and had the right culture and had the right catalyst. Well, because the board and uh, the uh, executives and the legislatures in that institution were screaming for um, a more resilient kind of set of systems. In that case, it was not as difficult to propose the budget. And I was only doing the budget for the data side of that play in that organization because all of the components were there, all the stars were aligned, let me put it that way. So all I had to do was to actually look and show uh, it, the, the alternatives that were in front of the institution. Uh, you could outsource, you can build your own. Uh, here are some of the tools that exist. Here is an evaluation of the marketplace when it comes to our competition. Where is our competition going? So doing it, it's, it's a modified SWOT analysis in the business, but with technology centered at, in that case, because I didn't have to sell the purpose for the modernization. When, it, when I went to a different institution where I am, uh, you know, I was in a, in a position where I had to argue the purpose for the modernization, then you have to go back to the basics and actually document the stated needs that exist in the marketplace. Are things working today? Uh, what is it that the, all the stakeholders, not just one, all the stakeholders are expecting. What are the primary stakeholders of the institution? In our case, are the students and the faculty. What are they uh, expecting? What's their current experience? Document those. So that is the goal for the modernization. So what, then if you do it backwards, what technology, what data environment, what uh, products and services do we have to offer? And then use, uh, because the institution is not yet ready or had not had uh, experience in this area, use external bodies like uh, 
consultants or, or Gartner. Uh, in my case, I use Gartner a lot. And go out there and ask, what does it cost to replace these tools or come up with these tools on average? So that you can show us. But then, Wayne, even with that, you know, it, it is a large price point. And you and I both recognize we've been around the block several times. It is millions of dollars, depending on how far you are from uh, the last monetization wave, right? But when you are sitting down with executives, you also have to look inside and say, I'm a technologist. I'm the leader of the technology group. Have I cleaned up my house? Have I reallocated current existing dollars? And show to the institution, look, out of X amount of dollars that were already coming to me, I have been able to reallocate a percentage of that. So show that you have a stake on this and that you are doing what you're asking them to do is to really look for dollars on the existing budget first and look to reassess how we do things to try to find those dollars. But even that way, you're never going to find the totality of the millions that you're expecting. But then you go outside of your bubble of IT and look across the institution, the uh, folks that are working in, a, in, in the colleges and departments. And you ask, are there dollars there that we can reallocate on a temporary basis? Because the transformation, the, um, the most amount of dollars is implementing it. And then you have the total cost of ownership, obviously. But the large amount of dollars in a short period of time comes to the implementation. Are there dollars there? So you're acting as a business person, helping them find an answer for how are we going to find these dollars? But at the end of the day, it is a, an exercise in a collaborative exercise with your CFO and the leader of the, the academic side to say, look, here are the dollars that we can reallocate. And now how do we get to these other dollars? Because these other dollars are always competing to other priorities that the institution has. It's not only about technology, right? We have buildings that need to be upgraded. We have salaries to be increased. We have new labs that we have to build. We're competing for the same dollars. So, it's a big exercise. You have to be a business person when you're sitting in a technology leadership position because you have to understand that it has, you have to reallocate some dollars. You have to find solutions, help find solutions. And the end of the day, defend why it costs so much. Defend the, what you're going to do after you implement, which is digitalizing it does save dollars for the institution. It, using analytics helps find pockets of things that are being very efficient so we can increase the investment on and get more revenues to the institution and also identify areas where we're not doing so well or that it is not uh, paying out as we had planned so that we can make the tough decisions to perhaps stop doing those things. Does that help paint the picture? It's not an easy exercise. Uh, yeah, absolutely. No, it isn't. And I think, you know, historically executives have been burned by technology. So they're very conservative and, and risk adverse. And they probably don't want to, you know, put good money after bad if they've had bad experiences. So it's hard to get them to open up their, their wallet. Uh, and maybe you can't do it all at once anymore. You know, the Big Bang doesn't quite work. And I'm wondering if you have some strategies to kind of prove yourself as you go and, and get momentum and, and do it on a, on a long-term basis like that. Or can you still get you know, a huge investment up front. No, you don't, not in every case. Uh, and uh, what funding does for us in technology is, is give us the luxury of time. And what I mean by that is that if you get some funding, you are not fighting over and over again for little dollars here and there, and you can actually make an impact on the outcome. So I always try to reallocate funds and kick off 
uh, whatever it is, the transformation path that I'm working on, to start showing some wins. Look, uh, and then you're showing through data, look, I was able to change this and save X amount of hours of uh, a particular office's time. That equates to dollars because it's opportunity costs, right? If they're working on these things that are not digitized, if they're spending most of their day collecting the data, they're not acting on the data. And that's costly to the institution. So if I can, with my current dollars, start showing that there is a pattern that we can follow that will give us the funding mechanism to continue this slowly, we can do it. But that is also measured against the criticality of the need for the transformation. In places that I have worked on, the current systems were not in good shape and they were not going to last for the next 10 years. So you can't take that long of a time when you know that the current situation is dire, right? So you have to measure against that. But there are things that you can be doing. You can do uh, open source. Of course you can. And at times I think about those as a stop gap again, a, a kind of a step to try to get over a hump perhaps. Maybe an, a, an ETL2 is too expensive right now, but it is the right thing for us to do is to have an enterprise one. Can we do something else in the meantime? Yes, you can, but you have to remember, you have to come back. You don't have time or funding to do it right the first time, but at some point you have to come back and invest the time and the money and add the money to fix that. So it's always a, a um, checks and balances kind of thing, but you can do it. Now, I'm going to say this, and, and I'm probably not going to be very popular. There are instances where you're going to find that an institution is not able to, you are not to get the funding, you're not able to reallocate any more dollars, and you have done everything that you can to outline to the senior executive. And at that point, you have done your job as a technologist, right? And at that point, it is a question for you as a professional to, okay, what do you do now? Do you stay and continue to try to keep this afloat? Or do you, uh, you know, you have done your job and it's time for you to do something else? There are times where you have to do that. Not, it's not a perfect world where this strategy is going to give you this result. But there are many strategies that you can try before getting to that point. Right. Why well, bang your head against the wall forever, right? At some point, you have to wake up and uh, go to greener pastures. Yeah. You know, in the early days of data warehousing, uh, we always asked uh, if people were measuring the ROI on data warehousing. And, you know, it turns out that most didn't because it's really hard. Uh, the last year or so, I'm starting to see more companies get back to that and, and try to measure the value of what they're doing as a way to sustain funding uh, and executive support. And I'm wondering if, if measuring return on your investments is, is something you feel is important or not. Absolutely. I do. Yeah. Now, keep in mind, I am on, on a public institution and, so, and I have worked in public institutions. So it is important for me and it's important for my leadership to always know Yes, you're making this investment, but here's what you're getting in return. So it is important. And it is a different um, um, way of calculating the value that you're creating. As I described a minute ago, it's very important for me before we decide on any technology to map out the actual business process. What do you do? Figuring out all of the inefficiencies of what you do today, because we do not have the right data. We do not have environment. We do not have the technology. Then you implement, you, you figured out, oh, if we only had a tool that did act, then you find the right tool, you implement it, and now we're going to go back to the same group and say, tell us how are you doing this now? Oh, it's saving me. You know, I, I remember my first institution, uh, the most savings we got was from a central office that ran a lot of reports. 
And at that time, when we built the data warehouse, they were saving 36 hours per month because we had invest, uh, created the data warehouse. Those were real dollars. You get the total cost of those individuals, the office, the timeline, the de delayed decision-making, the fact that we missed out on, on opportunities, all of that. Those are real dollars. That return on investment was beautiful. Just that one alone, I think is important for us as technologists to continue doing that. Plus, uh, Wayne, we get an, a, an additional benefit out of that because we show people that what we do can be measured. Even technology usage can be measured, but we can measure the strategies. We can measure what we're going. We can measure the value we create on an ongoing basis for the institution. You're, doing, you're teaching them, they're using data and using analytics and setting your thresholds and your aspirational goals, all of that in these amazing tools that exist today really can get you where you want to go in a much quicker way. And it provides that resiliency and also provides that agility for you to change on a whim. Do you have any uh, uh, surefire tool out there? Has something come across the transom that you say, oh, that's that, that tool or that product, that technology, we can get that that's going to be transformational for us? Well, right now, I, I would say, Wayne, that I, there's, in the past, there was the, the, the enterprise ETL tools. For years, I said that was my magic secret sauce. Today, I am actually learning uh, new things. And, and it is um, the new technology that exists for the logical data warehouses, the, the, the ones that you don't have to have those, you know, amazing, wonderful tables that I had, you know, with three terabyte of data and all of that, you don't have to do any that anymore. Just go where the data is at and on the fly having those architectures there. I'm more excited about that. It's not any particular product, it's mostly the architecture that is exciting me uh, the most right now because it takes a very um, large group of people and a large um, effort for you to maintain those physical um, databases and those physical environments. And it's not as easy to move to the, the future when you have those. And I'm loving to see, you know, I'm, I'm learning those and I'm getting to be challenged by my own team right now because I am still a very much, I need to have something that is reliable, robust and resilient. And, you know, some of the things that are out there in the marketplace right now with the logical uh, data warehouses are, are still a little bit uh, not concrete for me, Wayne. But I'm really excited about it. Yes, because you, you and I grew up in the era of let's consolidate all the data into an enterprise data warehouse. And now the mantra is, you know, just leave the data where it is uh, and, and go fetch it using some kind of virtualization layer um, uh, or just dump it into a big data lake and then parcel it out as you need it to support various pipelines and applications. So, yeah, the whole model has changed dramatically since you and I started in this in this field. Right. So let me ask you uh, one last question, which is uh, you've undergone a lot of these transformations. You've been the key driver in them. What personal qualities does someone need to be effective at transforming an organization with data? I have thought about this quite a bit, Wayne, through my career. Um, when I bring teams behind me and um, they ask me that question, what is it that makes somebody um, able to impact change the way that I have been able to in my career so far? I think that there is a, a two or three things that, that must be there. And um, you can hear my voice and, and every time we talk, I'm very passionate about what I do. But that, that you don't have to have that, in my opinion. What you do have to have are a couple of things. You need to be able to be somebody that is, can build relationships, that can feel comfortable going to places where you don't know uh, what the other person knows. 
or that they are kind of, you, you mentioned that, you know, sometimes they are a little bit, uh, um, I don't know about IT. IT is a different language and you guys are back end and I don't know if you're really taking my needs into account, all of that. You have to feel comfortable going in and doing cold calls and walking into offices of people that you know are not happy or that have problems that they need to solve and they don't believe you can solve. You have to have that. The second is more important than anything else to me is have the courage um, of conviction. You have to believe in what you're doing and have the courage to take the step. Several times in my career, Wayne, I have been the only voice saying what I'm saying. I'm not saying that I'm right all the time and, and sure as heck I'm not. But having the courage to say, look, this is what I believe. This is why I believe. And, and I, it's an informed uh, um, uh, opinion that I have. It's not just, you know, I decided the day that I want to do acts. It's really informed. But I have the courage to argue the case until an organization makes a decision, right, or where they want to go. But you need to have that. And finally, more important than anything else, you have to, op to be open. At times, you know, we're just discussing, you know, the, the, the physical data warehouse to what we have today. You have to be open that there's not only one answer to any one problem. There's not only one strategy to any uh, opportunity that we have there. Be open to learning from folks and from folks outside of technology. Now, some of my best advisors have nothing to do with technology. And they ask me questions, like, what is a database? You know, they, they don't know any of that, but they can actually talk about the human condition and the human uh, component of what we're doing. And that's exciting. Uh, and that is not, not only exciting, it's a, it's a requirement. So again, building relationships, having courage of conviction, and literally being open to learn are qualities that you have to have. It. And if you don't have those qualities, my question would be, why do you want to be in a leadership position for transformation? Because it is not for the faint of heart. Andrea, very good. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. Always enlightening. Thank you so much. Thank you, Wayne. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you like the podcast, please subscribe. If you want more content from business intelligence to data management to data science, browse to the Eckerson Group website at eckerson.com.